Hello, welcome to the UCL News Podcast. I'm Claire. And I'm George. This is the first podcast of the term, so welcome back. We've been slaving away all summer to prepare some audio treats for you from around UCL. This week, we'll be getting back into the swing of things with an audio wonder made by a UCL student, which takes you through a day at UCL Union. And we also hear from Dr. Geraint Jones from the UCL Mullard Space Science Laboratory, who hung up his telescope this summer to try his hand at science journalism for The Guardian. We've also got Rob Eagle with us in the podcast cave this week as he's going to tell us about some major successes on our UCL YouTube channel. Hello, Rob. Hello. Hi. Um, But first, the news. It probably hasn't escaped your notice that it's Freshers' Week this week. As well as individual course welcome events, the UCL Union are organising a welcome festival with stalls from more than 190 clubs and societies, as well as loads of local and national companies and organisations taking part. The festival will take over the UCL quad and main building on Thursday the 27th and Friday the 28th of September. You'll be able to find out loads more about UCLU, as well as how you can get involved in a campaign or become a volunteer or get elected as an officer to represent your classmates. The union are also running a volunteering fair on Thursday the 4th of October in the South Cloisters, which will showcase loads of ways that you can get involved while you're here. I think it, when I look, look back at kind of my time at uni, not getting involved in more societies was something I really regretted. So yeah. welcome to all our students and just get involved. Um, but Claire, I think I think you realised with slight horror this week that you were in fact a fresher at UCL 10 years ago. It's true. It's true. It's true. I remember kind of bits and pieces. It's kind <laughs> of vague, <laughs> uh, you know, mulch in my memory. But anyway, how about you, Rob? Is it all lost in the sands of time? Uh, yeah, kind of, kind of is. Um, because I, you know, coming from America, I, I hadn't really uh, drank before, and I didn't realize that Freshers' Week entailed um, downing as much vodka as you possibly can. So, oh, well. yeah, I was, I was a bit. Unpre- I'm sure you found that pretty quickly. <laughs> I, I was a bit un- unprepared for it. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I made the most of it. I can't believe it was ten years ago, though. Making me feel old. <laughs> Scary stuff. Well, hopefully your brain wasn't too damaged by it all, as our next news item is all about IQ and happiness. According to new UCR research, people with low IQs are unhappier and more likely to have poorer health than people with higher IQs. The author of the research, Dr. Angela Hasiotis, from UCL's Mental Health Sciences Unit, has suggested that targeted health support is necessary for people with lower IQs. The study, which was published in the journal Psychological Medicine, is the first to demonstrate the role of socio-economic and clinical factors, providing new insight into the relationship between IQ and happiness. It's a really interesting study. Um, I think studies which focus on IQ are often a bit controversial, as we've got quite a few arguments against using IQ as an accurate measure of intelligence. But I guess this study is the first to take account of clinical factors, which gives the arguments a bit more strength, and you have to use some kind of measure Mm. if you're doing this type of work. Definitely. Um, So now for our final news item. Um, We've got our resident multimedia producer, Rob, to come and tell us a bit about a great piece of news um, from UCL Communications. What, what's what's been going on, Rob? Uh, well, yeah, this this past week uh, we hit a million views on our YouTube channel, um, which I know doesn't sound like a lot, you know, compared to the Justin Bieber videos and the um, piano playing cats out there. But for 
educational channels, a million views is is quite a bit, especially in the UK. Um, so yeah, we're we're up there with with um, the most viewed channels. And our videos are picked up by by the media quite a lot as well, aren't they, Rob? Yeah, it's it's always exciting when you see a video of yours appear in in the Guardian homepage or BBC homepage or something like that. I was I was actually on, on holiday in May when I saw a video we made on a uh, chewing reptile. Um, linked to from from the homepage uh, on, on BBC Classic story yeah um, it's really excellent news all down to Rob's hard work um, I really recommend you go and check out UCL TV on YouTube there are some some really good stuff on there definitely are even painting monkeys there you go so that's all the news for this show but to help give you an insight into your union ex-student and sabbatical officer James Skews describes a day in the life of the UCL union the Student Union has always played a massive role at UCL and this is a brilliant glimpse into the work of the students and staff that keep it going from one year to the next. So enjoy. Uh, hello, I'm Anna. It's hello, I'm James and welcome to the day in the life of UCLU, your Student Union. Uh, hello, I'm Anna. It's just after eight, it's five past eight now, and I'm here in Gordon's Cafe at uh, UCL Union, uh, where I work part-time as a barista or coffee bar staff, and while I also study Russian and political science at CIS. Um, it's, I, think, I think it's amazing that the union offers part-time jobs to students because uh, you can earn some extra money and it's very flexible. You can work when you can, when you can't, you've got many essays to do, you can take some time off. Hi, I'm Katie, I'm president of UCLU Women's Basketball. Um, it's about 11 o'clock and I've just come out of Bucks Sports Training, um, which was really useful and helpful. Um, lots of information on how to reach out to new members, um, how to develop the club. This year our club got promoted and we're hoping to push it even more. We've got a new coach at the start of the year and he's absolutely amazing. Um, so we're really looking forward to working with him for the entire year next year. Hi, my name's Adam. It's quarter past 11. I'm here at Bloomsbury Fitness. I come here usually three, four times a week. Um, it's pretty good, not usually too busy, and yeah, helps me keep up my fitness. Hi, I'm Yolene, I study linguistics at UCL, it's 1.30, we're outside the print room cafe and eating risotto balls from the food market. Hi, I'm Samira, um, uh, it's 2 o'clock here and I'm in Wrighton Advice Centre. Actually, I've been here a few times because I'm Iranian and I need visa to stay in the UK. So this centre has been very helpful. Um, I've changed my visa four times for the past eight years I've been at UCL and I find them very useful. It's free of charge and you don't get this service uh, for free anywhere else. Um, hi, my name is Tintian. I'm from China and uh, I'm a student from UCL. It's quarter to three. I'm a volunteer doing a project with a, uh, elder people from Hoban community. And today we're doing a skills work a volunteer project. And uh, I had a great time here talking with um, uh, older people, sharing the experience with them, and they were really encouraging and nice and patient to us. I'm James Vale, um, it's about half past five. Um, just been in the Joint Staff Student Committee, which is essentially a committee where um, we discuss issues across UCL about welfare and leads on, it's the committee up from the departmental committees. Essentially one key issue that's come up today is about space and um, space and student numbers at UCL. How can we satisfy our increase for demand for students coming in and, and there being sufficient space? 
hello, my name is Ben. Um, it's 6.30 and um, I'm a student here and I'm doing a Masters of Laws. Um, and I've just been studying in the library all day. So I've decided to come in and get a quick drink um, in the Huntley Bar. Um, it's a cheap place, very sociable. Um, I work here, it's a good, great place to be. So I'm just about to come and watch the match um, and relax and unwind after a hard day of studying. So if you want to find out more about that or anything else we do, check out our website at uclu.org. A big thanks to James for the lovely audio piece. It's a really interesting look into UCLU. So now for something a little different. This summer, UCL space scientist Dr. Grant Jones delved into the fast-paced world of science journalism at The Guardian with the help of the British Science Association. We sent science and technology studies student Rupert Coles to interview him for the podcast up, up in Aberdeen during this year's British Science Festival to find out a little bit more about science and the media. So my, my day job as a, as a scientist at, at UCL, um, we work towards uh, publishing our results and when we have a big paper we try to, to get the attention of, of journalists to, to highlight what we think is of interest to the, to the public and the public have of course got a right to, to hear what we're up to. Um, so being a media fellow you're placed on the other side of that process and um, uh, speaking to other scientists and uh, trying to, to report their work. It's uh, quite interesting uh, realising the constraints that journalists work under. I hadn't really appreciated what it was like. Just just isn't the space to say everything that you wanted to. If you're trying to summarise the results of big paper, you might only have 300 words sometimes to, to put it across. So um, you just have to boil it down to one or two key things. And quite a challenge actually doing that uh, lots of times. I also find myself taking much longer to do these things than the professionals um, and yeah, I end up going over the same article over and over and over again. Um, I guess there's pressure if it's going to be um, published. Yeah, and also The Guardian, they um, because it's open access, anyone in the world can see it, and also uh, once they're registered, they can post a comment. So I was warned not to read the comments and their articles, but I did, and I did regret it occasionally. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's very easy for people to, to read an article and then not, happy, you know, especially if they're familiar with the field or something, saying, well, you didn't mention this and this, and this is relevant as well. And, um, uh, yeah, you, I realise now that actually there's only a very limited amount of space to um, to put these stories across. Your background in space science, but um, do you find um, in with the media articles you're writing, you have to sort of go into areas you're maybe not familiar with? Yes. Um, I mean... My fellowship has coincided with the landing of, of the Mars rover Curiosity, so naturally I did a few stories on, on that, and I was actually quite interested to do it um, myself as well. But covering areas of biology and medicine and, um, and environment stories where I'm not so familiar with the, the field, I mean, some areas I haven't touched since sort of GCSE level. Do you find um, yourself sort of picking out the more sensational aspects um, of some science for the media or do you sort of stay clear from that? Well it has been quite interesting when I've submitted articles and then someone else has written the headline and the, the headline doesn't quite fit with what I wrote but actually looking at it you know it's not usually well actually in all the cases that I've done it, it isn't misleading it's just stressing something in the story that will uh, catch the reader's attention. Yeah there are some aspects of uh, 
of stories when you when you can put in some element of human interest it suddenly makes it a lot more engaging so I was speaking to one scientist who had a paper that was about to come out in science so it was still under embargo uh, when I was interviewing him and um, I spent almost half an hour on the phone I'd read the paper beforehand asking him different questions about the paper and things and it was all going fine but there was nothing really um, exciting that that came up and then it was just in the just before hanging up I just asked oh um, so how int- how excited were you when you found this and he, he suddenly changed gear completely and said oh, I was shocked we were amazed we couldn't believe it and we just kept redoing it just to test and um, it was fantastic we'd worked years for this and, th- and it, um, I think if uh, some scientists uh, adopt that tone from the outset I mean yeah not not to uh, exaggerate things, but to sort of put across how exciting some, sometimes finding significant discovery is, it can uh, can make stories more engaging. Do you reckon you could um, have seen yourself having a career in journalism opposed to science? Or um, I think I'm still on the well. I'm definitely still on the learning curve. Uh, yeah, news reporting. It's I'm, I find it occasionally a bit stressful giving given deadlines and and word limits and things I mean, uh I seem to have good one extreme or another I can't think of enough to say <laughs> if I've got a quite a few hundred words to cover or I've got way too much and then I spend ages trying to decide what to cut out what's the really important story to uh to get across and things so um yeah actually I I have enjoyed it um yeah, but uh, whether the quality of what I've produce, been producing is is, uh, is is good enough to be employed as a professional journalism journalist, I think I'd leave that to someone else. I'm not sure. <laughs> Many thanks for Rupert for recording that and putting it all together. It's really interesting insight. So that's all we've got for this show, but we'll be back in a fortnight with more news and features from UCL. But if you want to get in touch in the meantime, please do. You can tweet us at UCL News or email us at mynews at ucl.ac.uk. Goodbye.